Kia ora whanau. I've been practicing my tereo, so I don't have anything else yet, but I'll get there. Good morning. So this morning I want to speak on the topic of real rest, conforming to the patterns of grace. So in Ro- I'm just going to get straight into it. So in Romans 12, I got a lot of scripture, so I hope you're ready. I love the Bible. Who else loves the Bible in here? Come on, this is God's living word that does not return void. Amen? Amen. All right, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. All right. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your word. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus, the living word, to dwell among us. And we, this morning as we gather around your word, I pray that it would just go into everyone's hearts this morning. May you speak through me, Lord. I pray that every heart would be opened to receive what you would have to say this morning. God, we love you and we lift your name high, Jesus. You're a mighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I want to talk to pattern, about patterns. So in the dictionary, a pattern is a form or model proposed for imitation, a reliable sample of traits, acts, tendencies, or other observable characteristics. So in the Bible, if it tells us not to conform to the patterns of the world, I reckon God has some patterns of grace that Jesus taught us, hey? All right. So we're going to go through some of those. What I'm going to do is talk about a few patterns of the world and then bring in a pattern of grace that combats that. So the first one I have this morning is greed versus generosity. And now I'm going to read Matthew 5.16. It says, Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I just think it's incredible that God tells us that if we are generous, if we choose to step out of ourselves and open up, who we are, open up our finances, open up our hearts, open up our time that actually causes other people to open up to God. And time, like, sorry, generosity doesn't mean just money. Generosity means your heart, your time, your, your emotions, you know, your welcoming spirit when you invite people into your house to have a cup of tea. All right. And alongside, I really believe generosity is at the very heart of God. You know, in John 3.16, one of the most well-known scriptures of all, says that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us Jesus, the most beautiful gift that we could have ever received. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys. Be generous with every part of your life. It's not just about money. It's about everything, every part of who you are. So the second trait I'd like to talk about this morning is worry and fear versus prayer, praise, and worship. You know, fear means false evidence appearing real. And in this world, like, we have a lot of people that worry about all kinds of different things. Like, you know, we might worry about where our next meal comes from if we don't have that. We are very privileged in this country to have jobs and to have amazing homes. And um, So I'm going to read Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And it just says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus. And I just want to also read it out in the paraphrased version of the Bible. It's called The Message. It says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. 
Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And I looked up what the word displace means, and that means to expel or force to flee from, to move physically out of position. Like, so imagine if you're worried about something, that you actually invite Jesus to take that seat in the center of that worry and actually physically move that worry out of the way and allow Jesus to come into that space. And now I'm going to read Romans 12:1, And it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, worship isn't just about a song. It's not about a dance. Worship is our everyday lives, our coming, our going, our eating, our sleeping. It's about every part of our lives. And to me, like worship isn't just on a Sunday. It's not about standing up here or the worship team being on the platform. It's about the Monday when you go into your local neighborhood, when you go to a cafe. How do you treat people? That's, that's how people see who Jesus is, you know. That's our worship, conversing with each other, having a cup of tea, you know. That's what worship's about. All right. Number three, comparison. Well, this is 3A, so I have two points with three because they kind of go together. <laughs> so comparison versus security in Christ and his plan for our lives. So I'll give some personal examples. So I've been a singer ever since I could talk. And when I went to Bible college at Hillsong, I would say during my first year, I really let comparison rule my life. And it really holds you back. You know, if we just start to look at ourselves and think, oh, I don't have what they have, or I can't speak like they can, or I can't sing like they can, or when we choose to look inside and start comparing ourselves, we're losing sight of our identity. We're losing sight of who Jesus called us to be. And you know, in Jer Jeremiah 29 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. And this morning also in Psalm 138, verse 8, it says, The Lord will work out His plans for my life, for your faithful love endures forever. And then I have another psalm, Psalm 139. This is one of my personal favorites. So if you're ever feeling far from God, if you ever feel like you don't have a place, you just need to read this. So starting in verse 16, it just says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Like, how beautiful is that? I love the Word of God, hey? And then part B of that is isolation and worthlessness, not belonging versus finding our place in who He is. So in, in Colossians 1, in the message, it says, So spacious is He, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of His death, His blood that poured out from the cross. 
And I just love that because there are many days like when we're going through things, sometimes we can feel very isolated. We can feel like we're the only person going through something at the moment. You know, the Instagram life where everything looks beautiful and perfect. And But we all know that is not reality. <laughs> Let's be honest, hey? So, but we never know what our neighbor is walking through, you know? Even on a Sunday, you never know what your neighbor is walking through that you're sitting beside. So it's so important to know our place so that we can be there for other people. And in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, so this is in context of looking at yourself, but instead, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know who that joy was? It was me and you. Jesus was on that cross and he looked ahead of time and he saw us here today. And he said, because of them, because I love them, I'm going to do this. Now in John 15, verses 4 through 6. Sorry, one second. My Bible stuck together. <laughs> All right. John 15, verse 4. So this is anybody who feels like they're alone this morning. Or you might feel like you don't have a place. It says, remain in me. As I also remain in you. This is Jesus speaking. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. For I am the vine and you are the branches. And this goes back to being generous. If we're in the vine, we can be a branch, an outward arm of what Jesus has. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Just like that first verse that I read, you know, when we're generous, it points people back to the Father. And that's what our lives are supposed to be about. My next point is giving up versus living by faith, trusting God, and persevering through trials. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, I love Hebrews. It's one of my favorite passages. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about the things we do not see. And in Hebrews 10, 36 through 39, it says, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. You know, it's, it's e it seems easy when we're in the middle of a hard time, in the middle of a circumstance, to shrink back, to... You know, just come away to choose to, you know, close your back off to everyone else. But the Bible says, no, we are not of those who shrink back. But we are of those who stand and we have faith. And through that, we are saved. Amen. My, oh yeah, sorry. Striving versus resting. So this is my main, my main part of my message this morning. Striving versus resting. 
you know, it's easy to strive and try to get ahead in life. I think this, the society we live in tries to push us to have a nice car. You know, you need that nice house, the white picket fence. Um, where I grew up, you know, you get married right out of high school, you have kids, you get the job, you get the car, you get, you know, all these things. But that's, that doesn't mean that you're in a specific place. Like who said that's the way it's got to be? That's another thing. So often we can choose to strive after things, you know, whether it be wealth or getting to know certain people or whatever that might look like. Striving is, is not the way to get anything anywhere. We need to rest in, the, in God, rest in his plans for our lives. So in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And another version of the Bible says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. How many times has any, has anyone in here ever thought they were a know-it-all? I'm going to put up two hands. <laughs> I'll just give an example of that, a personal example. So I wanted to go to, like, so I'm from the U.S., for those of you who didn't know, originally, and I've been in Sydney for eight years, and now God has brought me to my promised land of New Zealand. It's awesome. I love it. Um, and so I was in a stage from when I was a young girl, I wanted to live in Australia, and I thought, like, it would never happen, really. Like, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money, and I worked three jobs at times to pay rent, like, and I wanted to go to Bible college. I always wanted to do ministry. And I tried many times to do it my own way. I went through things selfishly to try to get away here, well, away to Australia. And you know what? The day, I still remember the moment where I just said, God, this is what I really think that you have for my life. So I'm going to choose to just lay it down. I'm going to choose to step into your grace, into your ways, and let you do it. And I'm telling you, I applied for college with no money. Within a week, I had a job offer that paid for my whole way. And so that moment when I chose to stop striving, because for about four years, I tried all these different things. I had this whole list of, well, I'm going to try this. If that doesn't work, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. So all the plan Bs, all these things. But the moment I said, you know what, God, I really believe this is your plan for my life. So I'm going to just give it to you and see what you can do. And in that moment, like, you know, so let go and let God. Hey, <laughs> Easy to say, harder to do, let's be honest. All right, in Colossians 2, verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. To me, that is... <laughs> Oh, that's a heavy verse, isn't it? Uh, especially for me, leading young people. I think, you know, these days, social media is a massive role in young people's lives. And like I was talking about before, you know, the Instagram highlight reel of life. It's easy to try to, you know, try to attain some type of status. But that's not the way of God. You know, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 says... Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And along with striving, sometimes we feel like we need to do a lot of things for God, but sometimes God just wants us to be with Him. You know, we need to come from a place of rest. Doing a lot of things is going to wear you out, you know? Like, it's important to serve. I think so. It's important to, you know, if you're a mom or a wife or a dad or a husband, it's important to take care of your family, but it's also important to find those things that help you feel at rest. Now, I want to read this verse also in the message because I really, really love what, what it says and how it lays it out. It says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I just love that. I'm like, that's, that's God's desire for us. He wants us to live free and light, not heavy and weighed down by the things of this world. And in um, comparison to ill-fittingness, I thought, about, I thought back to the message that Pastor Levi told us last week. You know, when David faced Goliath, at first he put on Saul's armor, but that was ill-fitting. It didn't fit him. It wasn't the right thing for him. But when we put on God's grace for our lives, when we conform our lives to these patterns of grace that he has, it's e- there's an ease you know, even with this whole thing of me being in New Zealand, I still am like blown away. It's wild. I'm like, God, this is crazy. But it's amazing because it's through God's grace that I'm here. I didn't try to make my way here. Like, I couldn't have if I tried. <laughs> like, it was just God's grace for this season of my life. And it's not just for me. It's for every single person. All right. And so a few practical things to find out how to get real rest. First, Firstly, Find out what fills your soul. So for me, that's something like, I know I need to go to the water, so I'll go out to Paihia or go sit down at Stone Store. I don't know. That's a place for me that really refreshes my soul. So that's an important thing to know. Like, And if you don't know what that is today, try a few things. Discover, adventure with yourself, adventure with God to find those things that fill your soul. You can't do anything if you're empty. You know, You can't continue to give out and be who God's called you to do if you're empty. Take time for yourself. That goes hand in hand with that. You know, on an airplane, they tell you to put on your oxygen mask before you help someone else. That's because if you're already dead, you can't help anyone. So it's important. (laughs) It's true, though, isn't it? Like, if you're dead, you can't do anything. If you're empty, how can you give? So it's so important to know those things that fill you up. Um, And the last thing in Psalm 46.10, it says, just be. Be still and know that He is God. Don't do a bunch of stuff just for the sake of doing things. If your heart's not in it, you know, if you're not in a place of rest, then you're probably not a healthy person right then to give yourself. So ensure that you're healthy. Ensure that you're full. Read the Word of God. Spend time with Him. If I could please have the band up. That would be awesome. Thank you, wherever you are. (laughs) Um... So I want, to, I want to read one more passage of Scripture. So in, in Isaiah 55, 1 to 3. So this is for anybody this morning. Come, all you who are thirsty. So if you're feeling a bit weary this morning, listen to this. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk 
without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, and he says it again, listen to me and eat what is good. You know, the Bible also says, taste and see that the Lord is good, hey? And you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And the next part is in verses 8 through 13. And it goes, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. His normal is so completely different to ours. But when we choose to step up and live in those heavenly realms, that becomes our normal. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word. This word, the word that I'm telling you about this morning, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure. One of my favorite parts of that verse is that seed sown, so going back to my first point, generosity equals bread for other people. You know, what we do is not about today even. You know, what you're going through, whatever trial you might be facing, it's not necessarily about you in this moment. Five years from now, someone could be sitting across from you in a cafe saying, you went through this once, tell me, like, how did you get through it? And the only way you can do that is if your soul is at rest. You can't do that if you're empty. So this morning, you know, just a reminder, God's Word does not return void. And I want to challenge you this morning. Ask God if there's a pattern in your life or ask yourself. Sometimes we have to take an internal check and say, what is going on inside of here? Is there something, is there a pattern that I'm allowing in my life that does not line up with the Word of God? If so, then you need to go to the Word of God and find one of God's patterns that will combat that. And now I'd love for everyone to just close their eyes. And I want to read the scripture over you one more time. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace or the patterns of grace like we're speaking about this morning. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. I thank you that it is powerful, that it is sharper than a sword. I thank you, Lord, that that if we're going through things, that you're there right beside us. I thank you that if we found ourselves in the middle of a desert or on the highest valley or on the highest mountain, God, that you are there with us. Thank you that if we go through the depths of the sea, like you said in Psalm 139, that you're there. If we flew to the highest of skies like an eagle, you're there with us. So this morning, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your presence that's with us. Thank you that you surround us. Thank you that we can find peace in your presence. Thank you that your presence 
that your plan for us, your grace is not heavy, but it's light. It's freeing. Thank you, Lord, this morning that people will find freedom in submitting to your pattern. Thank you for what you're going to do in every life and every circumstance. So if anyone's going through anything this morning, after the end of the service, some of us will be at the front and we'll be happy to pray with you.